Uh-oh. The Bears are on the road again at Iowa State. That might not be good. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We're all we're almost at a thousand of those. I think I get a raise at a thousand, by the way. Don't tell my bosses that I told you that, but I think that's what happens. So if you hit subscribe, that could that could help me. I would enjoy that actually a lot because tuition at Baylor's fifty thousand dollars, and I have to graduate uh, today. This this whole week, I have been going back and forth with my Iowa State and Baylor prediction. Who's going to win in Ames on Saturday morning? I'm going to start this show by telling you that Baylor is absolutely, surely, uh, no doubt in my no doubt in my mind, going to lose this weekend. Absolutely. Then, in the middle of the show, I'm going to give you the angel on my shoulder that says that Baylor has to win, that there's no two ways around it. Baylor's going to win this game. We'll round out the show hearing from Dave Aranda in his Monday press conference where he talked about the matchup with the Cyclones, a little bit about Texas State last week. But as for Saturday, you're on the road. Point one, before I even get into the guys on the teams, because Iowa State has some really good guys that are like play the football thing on the gridiron, you're going to Ames, Iowa. Tri-Stadium is going to have 65,000 screaming Iowa State fans, and it is going to be a hostile environment. What did we, what do we, let's all think about this for a second. Let me do a little pop quiz. What do we notice about Baylor and hostile environments? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I'm looking right here, and it says that Dave Aranda is three and eight in true road games. Now, do you want the good news or the bad news? Because there's really only bad news. Two of those three wins were against barely Power Five teams. One was Texas State, who's not Power Five at all. The other was against a really, really bad Kansas team, who you could make a case any given year that's not this year or 07 that they're not a Power Five team either. Those are two. Those are 66%. A, a vast majority of Dave Aranda's wins on the road over the course of his tenure at Baylor, granted young tenure, where they get, those guys have gotten the win. You have Kansas, Texas State. The other one's Kansas State. Good win, by the way. But in competent football games on the road, Dave Aranda is one and eight. That that's not good. What and what about this has says to you? Yeah, this is the week that changes for sure. Yeah, it's going into a sold out, packed out Iowa State Ames Iowa. What do they have to do? What else do Iowa State fans have to do this weekend but go to the football game? If you live in Ames Iowa, you count things that you see or go to a football game. They're obviously going to be a not only in the stadium, but intoxicated in the stadium, making that place rock. I said it. I'll, I mean, they wouldn't disagree. Iowa State fans are really good at being loud and drinking beers. They're going to do both of those things on Saturday. They're one of the biggest outlets for Iowa State is literally called Wide Right and Natty Light because their university is known for being in Ames, Iowa, where the best attraction, the number one thing to do on TripAdvisor is drink. They're going to be up at 5 a.m. if they even sleep to start pre-gaming for the 11 a.m. kickoff. And I can tell you this, we already saw Baylor going to BYU. Maybe this won't be as loud. Maybe there won't be fire twirlers. It's not at night. The Iowa State fans are going to be yelling much, much worse things than the BYU fans were yelling. If you're trying to get in somebody's head, BYU fans aren't very good at that. They're not good at the whole trash talk deal. It's kind of their one downside. Iowa State fans, on the other hand, there's not a cap. 
I know so many Baylor fans that hate Iowa State to the core, not because of the university, not because of the team, not because of that stupid commercial they had, you know the one I'm talking about, but because the fans are, when the clock starts, awful, like terrible, mean, bad-spirited. Not a good formula if you're trying to win a football game and you haven't won football games a lot on the road. At, at what point does that change for Dave Aranda? I don't know, but it's not this week. They're going to lose at Iowa State. That's just the crowd. Let's look at the players in the field. I've looked at a lot of Travis Roeder's this stuff. A lot of Travis Roeder, Travis Roeder's stuff this week from Sikkim 365. The guy's one of the best Baylor analysts out there and great at breaking things down on the field. The X's and O's, he's impeccable. And he loves this Iowa State football team. Why wouldn't you? Their defense especially. They have allowed nine points per game this season. Nine points per game. I'm a journalism major, so I, I can count that high still. They have allowed nine in total, 10 to Southeastern Missouri, 10 to Ohio, the two worst teams they've played. Then they allowed seven points, even less, against the best team they played, Iowa, at Iowa. Moreover, they have a quarterback. I, uh, in the offseason, I remarked, who is Iowa State even going to trot out at quarterback? Like, who? What is, who? I've never heard of the guy. Hunter Deckers. Well, had you told me Hunter Deckers would be boat racing Blake Shapin through the first three games of the season. I would have said you were insane, and I would have put any amount of money at Bet Online to say that's not the case. Deckers is 78 for 105, which is really good, by the way, for 745 yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions in three games. Hunter Deckers has been what they call good. Here's some other bad news, Bears fans. He's facing Blake Shapin. 50 for 74, not as good as Hunter Deckers. 535 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Hunter Decker, 745 yards, Blake Shaven, 535. Mind you, these teams have schedules that nearly mirror each other. Bad team, good team on the road, bad team. Even if Iowa's not that good, their defense is, is elite. Their offense sucks. Their defense is elite. Both these teams have seen solid competition in Iowa and BYU. The difference, Iowa State went on the road and won their game, so they've got a quarterback. Baylor, to this point, that that's still a decent question mark. Shapin showed some better progress, at least, on his with his legs last week. He said, look, Drake, I can run the football. You keep calling me one-dimensional. Ha, watch this touchdown run. Nice job, Blake Shapin. Keep doing that, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, opponents will have to respect that. As for now, Iowa State probably doesn't. Also, you want to even pass quarterbacks. Jirel Brock, that guy, to this point, is the leading rusher for Iowa State after losing one of the more prolific runners, rushers, running backs in college football over the course of the last couple of decades in Brees Hall, who's now already a factor for the Jets. They replace him immediately with Brock, who's got 50 carries, 280 yards and a touchdown, averaging almost 100 yards per game uh, after one of the hardest acts to follow in college football is probably a good thing. Oh, and in case you forgot, Xavier Hutchinson plays for Iowa State maybe the best wide receiver in the Big 12. And to this point, he's been nothing but insane. 28 receptions in three games. 28 receptions in three games. 319 yards, five touchdowns. Their offense lost. They returned seven starters. Their defense returned five. The offense should have been better. I didn't have hardly any confidence in the Iowa State offense after losing Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler. They have been fine. They only scored 10 against a really good Iowa defense, but they've been fine. These numbers are really good. That is not a good thing. Most of this is stacking up against Baylor. More bad news. 
Tay McWilliams is not going to play in this game. Khalil Keith is not going to play in this game. There were a myriad of players. I mean, some that are off the record that I've talked to sources who said, yeah, this guy got an MRI. That guy got an MRI. A lot of these players are not expected to play. Now, Tay McWilliams, Khalil Keith, could they make some miraculous recovery by Saturday? Probably not. If they do, sweet. Don't expect them to play. Like, Baylor's missing guys due to injury. Iowa State's been really good. Matt Campbell's a solid coach, too. He's the second winningest coach in program history there with like 45 wins. It's really weird, like 45 and 34. And Dave Aranda has yet to prove he can win on the road. All of those things put together, give me how Baylor's going to win this game. What, why? Why would the road woes change now against an Iowa State team that has already somehow figured it out? The best Iowa State teams, as we've learned in the past, are the Iowa State teams that don't have as much hype coming into the season. Last year, they had a ton, and they were pretty bad, 7-6. and six. This year, everybody overlooked them. And what does Matt Campbell do? You overlook him, he goes, and he wins. I'm just kidding. Baylor's going to win this game. What? I know. I'm going to remix on all that. And try to convince myself, try to take the good angel and convince myself that Baylor does have a chance to win this game in Ames. But first, I got to tell you about our newest sponsor at Locked On Nugenics and their new Testofen. That is right, Testofen. So getting older can really change your body and, and you feel like you can't get in shape and you're a lot slower and maybe it's not your fault. As men age, your body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone, and it happens to every guy. It makes it more difficult to stay in shape and be active or energetic. So you got to remember, think back to when winning felt easy because you were younger, you were the peak of your testosterone production. That's what call, that's what's called the winner's hormone and the man hormone. It'd be nice to get that energy back, and you can do it now with Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen. Yeah. Testofen. It'll help you turn back the clock. Turn back the clock. Re-energize your workouts, get better results too. All right now, Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testofen, been validated in five different clinical studies. It boosts testosterone and free testosterone. The aging process robs. It is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. That says a lot. GNC is cool. Right now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Complimentary. I mean, it's free. When you text college, all caps college, 231231, text them about Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator, college, 231231, terms and conditions do apply. Baylor's going to win on Saturday. I know all of that, that. Look, I'll be transparent with you too. I do have a bad feeling. And there are more reasons that Baylor should lose this game than win this game. But there is definitely a case that Baylor can go out and do something productive against Iowa State or enough to win. And I'm going to start, by golly, with the crowd. Look, Baylor's not good on the road. Why would this week be the, the, the reason that Baylor becomes good on the road? I'll tell you, 11 a.m. kickoff. 11 a.m. kickoff. Night games, it's objective. It's objective. You cannot disagree with me on this. You know, you know that I'm right. I would much rather play, if I am a Baylor, at, at day... I'd rather play a day game than a night game. 100%. Nobody's ever like, yeah, Death Valley at 11 a.m. Ugh, hardest place to play in college football. No, what do they say? Death Valley at night, hardest place to play in college football. Ames, Iowa at night will be one of the harder places to play in the Big 12 because they packed that concrete stadium out. Ames, Iowa at 11 a.m.? Well, I like the Baylor Bears' chances a lot more 
11 a.m. Iowa State fans aren't going to be as intoxicated as they would be for a a night game. That's just the way time works. It's not infinite. They have less time to do the drinking thing. That bodes well for Baylor, the 11 a.m. thing. The pressure is off at least a little bit. Moreover, even past the crowd, Baylor is in a position where it needs to do something with the passing game and... I've heard from a lot of people. Baylor is so either one-dimensional or they haven't opened the playbook up or they feel like they're reserving themselves or holding things back. Well, yeah, I, I, I bet Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, have not thrown every play out that they've, that they've got in the bag so far. Now against Iowa State, you can start to open things up. And a big part of that, another key for Baylor winning the game if they're able to do it, is that Monterey Baldwin's back this week. Monterey is... What he was is what I would call malleable, very malleable athlete. He can run the ball out of the backfield. You can throw a little jet sweep, little pitch play. You go option, which by the way, option plays have not worked with Baylor so far because Blake Shapin seldom runs the football. But option with Monterey Baldwin, line him up receiver, throw him a slant, throw him a deep ball. Baldwin is malleable. Throw him wherever you want to throw him, and he can have a lot of success. Him coming back off an injury could be a game changer for Baylor. He'll be one of the fastest players on the field. And speaking of fast, another reason Baylor can win this game, hello, Richard Reese. Guy's got 34 carries, 237 yards. And the big number I'm circling right now is 20, make it five, five touchdowns. Seven yards per carry, too. Unbelievable. He has a 52-yard rush this season as well. He's got only one reception for 17 yards, which can make you say, okay, get him a little more activated in the passing game. Yes, but running the football, he's been pretty electric. I wanted him to get more carries against BYU. Against Albany, nine carries, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Texas State, they started giving the ball more as if he was kind of the bell cow. 19 carries, 156 yards, 8.2 yards per carry, and three touchdowns against Texas State. He was that guy. Mind you, a year ago this week, he was probably picking out his corsage or what is that? His corsage, right? For homecoming at Belleville High School. He's a, the true freshman. The guy's young. The kid is young. And he goes out there, speed. He's got a, a, a lot of athleticism. I don't know if he's not the, the, the Abram Smith, I'm going to run over you all the way type yet, at least. But his athleticism, his agility, his speed, put him in a really good position. You have an athlete like him, Monterey Baldwin, on the same field against Iowa State. And Hal Presley, who I've been pretty impressed with at this point, too. Those three young guys are just that young, but they can come in and make an impact in Ames after already seeing a hostile environment. These guys went to BYU. They have an idea of what it's going to be like when you go to a packed-out roadhouse. You're getting that this way. Speaking of, I go to a packed-out roadhouse every two weeks. It's right here in LaSalle. Great, Great rolls. Honey butter, also really good. Always packed. Why are Texas Roadhouses always packed? It do, it just doesn't matter the time of day. You can't get a seat. Digress. These guys have seen a Texas Roadhouse packed, and they know how to handle it. They know they got to get their reservations before they get to the place by about a half hour and get acclimated to get in there right away. Hopefully they can do that. Hal Presley, seven receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. Nothing electric. Nothing as electric as Hutchinson, who's one of the best receivers in the Big 12. Um, but potential, potential for a breakout this week, which would be big. Uh, a couple more things. Baylor has put up averages 42 points per game. Yes. Albany's in that and Texas state, but the offense at times has been able to score. 
They've been able to score against bad defenses, particularly. Iowa State's very good at defense. But you've seen flashes, the potential of what this team can do. Unlock it. Just go unlock it. Blake Shapen, unlock it. The deep ball's back in Waco. Show it this week. It's a charge-up team. Before, I have two more points. I have two more points why Baylor's going to win this game. The, the second-to-last one, ESPN says so. Who am I to say ESPN's wrong? 53% chance for Baylor to win this game in the matchup predictor from ESPN. Baylor on the road, and the computer favors the Bears. That is awesome. Doesn't happen a ton for the Bears on the road. So, you know, you've got some confidence in you there from the computer. And my last point, and this is not really tangible, but Dave Aranda said on Saturday that at halftime of the Texas State game, coaches were nervous. Players were nervous. Everybody felt like there was this aura of we could lose this game at Texas State. There was a pressure they'd put on themselves. They couldn't feel like they couldn't get out of this funk that they've been dealing with after the BYU game. At halftime, they had like a come to Jesus. Like everybody air it out. Let's just let's just figure this out. Mind you, dangerously close in that Texas State game to being 14-14 at halftime. The Bears didn't play very well in the first half. The second half, Texas State didn't score, and Baylor looked really crisp. The ones looked great on offense. The twos looked great on defense. Baylor won the game with ease when there was a point in time where it didn't feel like they were necessarily going to do that. A very charged up Texas State team and Baylor 42 to seven made really good work of them in the end. Like I almost the where after the game, I was thinking, does Baylor deserve to win 42-7? Like, do they deserve people to see the score be 42-7 from this game? Because it was a lot closer than that for a long time. Baylor figured it out at halftime. They had to come to Jesus. They had their take the monkey off the back, take the pressure off here, and let's just go play. If they channel that going into this week, if they can carry that on into this week, that powwow, that moment of just enlightenment for the team at halftime against the Bobcats, then you're in a great spot. You've taken the pressure off yourself. You're at a fine spot against the Cyclones. I'm really hopeful that that's what Baylor can bring to the table this week in a game where, I, I again, I'm nervous. I am nervous because Iowa State is good at football and Baylor's had some lapses to this point, but there's still an avenue there for Baylor to win. And I think all that stuff put together, this is a game they can get done. They've got a lot of experience, especially offensive, defensive lines. Those two units are so good. The third best offensive line in America per PFF. If you just put it all together from this point, moving forward, Baylor can be an elite football team, but it starts winning this week. They have the tools to do it. And if I had, if I had to say today where the final score was going to be, I do. I think Baylor wins it by four. I think Baylor finds a way to get it done in the end. Now, before we get to Dave Aranda, I've got to tell you about betonline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. There's live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport as well. Fastest, easiest way to see lines for MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. BetOnline.net. Use a mobile device if you need to. It's super easy, really convenient. BetOnline is where the game starts. Coach Randa spoke on Monday about Iowa State. A little recap of Texas State. I clipped the best moments from what Dave said on Monday here. Take it away. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Um... You know, we're excited for this week. You know, the opportunity to uh, go back and look at the game. Saw a lot of improvements. You know, things that uh, that still need some improvement on. But I feel the uh, you know the ability to play with a little bit more edge on on the offensive side, and then you know the 
the reducing of the penalties and and the the increased discipline were all good signs and so you know it's a um it's a it's a beginning and it's a start you know we're definitely going to be challenged um coming up on saturday i, I just feel that as far as the view of um you know who we want to be and and consistently um look like i'd say iowa state kind of is that in a lot of ways and just you know they don't beat themselves they are efficient with all their movements and kind of what they do um you know i think they're um you know they're they're a tough outfit and so a lot of respect for them a lot of respect for their coach and um you know it's going to be it is um going to be a challenge for us and so excited for that and uh to see kind of uh, you know how much we've grown in all of it but with that take any questions you guys got Dave, uh, how would you describe a typical Matt Campbell team? Is it and is it going to be kind of strange not seeing Brock Purdy and Brees Hall out there? No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think they're a little. Di they are a little different. So they throw it. They're throwing it more than what they have, and you know, I think and and then they're blitzing more than what they have too, and uh, and so I you know you could, I you know if you infer just those pieces in terms of the the last couple of years that I've been watching film, like we've been um, here, you know, recently, I would say, you know, he, he, you know, he plays, he plays to the strengths of what they got, you know? And so you could see that for sure. I think the identity of, um, you know, the physicality and running the ball and stopping the run and, and all that for sure shows up and there, and that is still there. But I think the the eleven personnel, you know, the one back, one tight end, three receivers, and the throwing, and how quickly the ball's coming out, I think is is different and new. And I think the amount of blitzing, you know, the weak side pressure is kind of slanting into tight ends and everything, is um, not new, but more so. And so I think um, as you pull away from it and look at it with a real wide lens, it fits them and it allows them to be their best. And so I would say that. Dave, do you have an update on, uh, I'll list a couple names here, sorry. Tay, Ben, Monterey, Cole. I think Tay, I think, is probably going to be a little bit longer. Uh, I think Cole will probably be a little bit, could be a little bit longer. Um, we're hopeful for Ben and Monterey. Um, there's still tests that have to be taken for them to be kind of, um, um, you know, given the green light, so to speak. But things are are looking like that's going to be the case, but not yet. What about uh, Khalil Keith? He's still a ways out. Dave, out of that running back room, what does Richard Reese uniquely give you? Is there something special that he brings? He hits the line of scrimmage um, fast. And so, you know, there is a, um, you know, we talked, uh, we've talked about it some before, and it's, it's, it's really evident in, um, the wide zone play where you're on the track and we talked about the line of scrimmage can be kind of muddy water and it sure would be great to have it really clean you know crystal clear and it ain't a lot of times and so to play full speed on your track and get the one foot in the ground and go into what could be you know i'm not really sure 
um, is a whole thing in and of itself. And, um, you know, uh, he can do that really well. And I think that separates him from the beginning. But then I think, you know, there's such an eagerness and such a, um, um, uh, a heartfelt want to get better uh, that's kind of driving him and way appreciative of that. But then, you know, on the other side, there is also a, um, a um, I wouldn't say innocence, but I would say, you know, I think all the stuff and the, you know, the, the, and it's going to only grow as we go more, but all the, the, you know, the talk and just everything about him, I think doesn't he doesn't really care for it, which I appreciate so much. <laughs> and so I think that just allows him to kind of be him, and it's just so cool for that to be the case. Coach, you wrap up non-conference play. What have you seen from Blake in the offense through these first three games, uh, and what makes you feel confident, you know, heading into conference play from the offense? Um, no, I appreciate that. I think the first thing would probably be, you know, um, maybe some tension and anxiety, I think would probably be the first two that come to mind. Um, I think, you know, the expectations and just the, um, I think all that stuff's real. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think it, it really does anyone any good to not talk about it. And so I think they're, you know, they've had to deal through, they have, they've had to deal with that and work through, you know, not letting the outside come on and get to the inside. And just like the, you know, I think when you keep the focus on yourself and what you're doing, there's a chance that we call it being an artist, but a chance to be way innovative. I think when the focus is on what's on the outside and what's being said and what's all that, then there's a, a, you know, really almost what becomes more is more reactive and more closed off and more protected. And so I think, you know, this last game in particular, we're able to break through with some of that and really kind of keep it the focus on the focus, which I'm, I'm proud of. And I think it's different, you know, there's just when you, when you say offense and you say those names you say, it, it's just a lot of youth. And so I think, you know, I think for us as coaches, like someone has to teach them you know, and someone has to help them through all of it because it's a lot and it's coming fast and everything. And, you know, I think at times you want stuff and then you didn't know this other stuff came with the stuff that you wanted. And so then when it does, and then it's like, hey, dude, it's okay, right? Let's kind of roll through this together. I think it's very much like that. That was Coach Dave Aranda and tomorrow's show. Happy Thursday, by the way. Thursday is the best day of the week, the gateway to the weekend, the Monday of the weekend. Tomorrow's show, Scotty Swingler. Uh Uh-huh. Pigskin Preacher joins us, and we talk Iowa State, Baylor, Sermon Time. You don't want to miss it. This has been, always will be, subscribe on YouTube. Locked on Baylor.